In a world where Christians are slaughtered for entertainment, one man's life is about to be turned upside down. Justin, who doesn't even have a last name, converts to Christianity, only to learn that everything and everyone he knows are actually agents of the devil. I mean, who knew? Join us as we explore Satan's earthly kingdom, Christians against pagans. This is the devil you don't know. making choices you know and choices are good it's good to have options yeah well this is the devil you don't know and uh i'm don i'm emily and i'm jeremy hello yeah it's been a while it's been like several weeks it has several weeks yeah yeah lots of stuff going on we had like holidays and and vacation trips that were in there and yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah you went to Disney crazy land, right? I went to Disney world and I went to the galactic star cruiser. Yeah. Oh my God. So I was, I was gone for nine days over the course of our podcast and, and came back with COVID because I was in Florida. Yeah. And, uh, Uh. it was, it was awful. And the, the amount of people that just don't even cover their cough, Mm. like, like so straight up COVID deniers that are just like, (laughs) Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you got to dress up as Darth Vader just so you have some protection. Just for storage. Yeah, right. right. It was just ridiculous. So it was not so much of a surprise when we got, we got back and uh, yeah. it was fairly mild, but and we're, we're on the recovery side of it. Like I, I, when I say mild, I mean, like we went through like sinus attacks and like, like we had a deep cold. Um, the one thing that I wasn't ready for was the, crazy amount of endurance sapped out of me mm. like it was as though it was as though i have not been working out for two years and uh yeah. now i'm suddenly trying to start running like i just i had no energy and i just needed sleep all the time and i still do Man. yesterday mm-hmm. morning was my first workout since i've gotten back and i did a half hour slow yoga i didn't do anything mm-hmm. else but yoga and after 30 minutes i was like oh i'm done i'm spent and it's just, i was just winded and it's, yeah. uh, it's, wow. it's wild. So it's, it's taking a whole lot of like active, slow recovery to get myself back up into it. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like I'm looking forward to like getting back into a safe space, but like, whew, it took a minute. I do not recommend getting COVID if you can avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the whole perception thing of reality down there, I think it was Katie that said something about, you know, COVID deniers. Um, it, it's a whole bunch of people who have COVID and don't believe that COVID exists. Yeah. Something like that. That is, that's a great description. That's very much what it felt like. That's infuriating. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it, it, I mean, just for the, the, the sake of what's happened to so many other people in the world and, and to mm-hmm. just actively like, well, that's not real. Like you, a million people says otherwise. The, the, the flags were at half mast while we were at Disney World and we had to look it up and go, why are the flags at half staff? And it was because we just hit the 1 million people have died in America. From oh my COVID God. Mile marker while we were there. Wow. Yeah. And so to be surrounded by people that go, nah, it's not a thing. 
like the flags. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Yeah. So to lighten it, lighten things up a little bit. My husband and I were talking and we didn't know what would be more fun doing the galactic Star Wars new thing that they have going on over there or watching Jeremy do the galactic Star Wars thing. We were like, we would love to be a fly on the wall and just be watching Jeremy having the time of his life. Role playing right along with all the actors. Hundred percent. Oh my god! I've got more than a couple I, of stories for you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear them. <laughs> yeah, I I dove in deep. I went really, really. Oh, deep. I'm. Sh- I would not expect anything different from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I wish I would have been there to watch. Oh, it would have been fantastic. It was it was really fun. I will tell you, uh, it was not a cheap experience, and I was very glad to have someone else already have paid for it, and we pay for half. Uh, even doing so, oh, sure. it was several thousand Still dollars. Crazy! Oh yeah. And uh, we we've talked about like how crazy it was, and and like the emotional high, and then drop afterwards, and what we'd go through. And would the kids really love it? And at the same time, I was like, or we could go to Europe. <laughs> Because it's about the same cost <laughs> for the two days yeah. that was in the Galactic Star Cruiser, a week in France or something. Like, seems yeah, seems a bit more possible. So, I don't know if we'll ever do it again. I surely don't. We we've talked about it yeah. on and off, um, but it was a hell of an experience, and and it would be fun to to tell stories some other time. And I will. I'll tell you. <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited. I'm glad we started 20 minutes early to get right here. To get right here. Right? God. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so then this is going to be normal length podcast, and we can sum up 10 minutes of Justin on a road with okay. some some Christian who magically converts Justin, Justin philosopher who knows where he's going in life, who all of a sudden the conversation with some stranger on the road. Old man. Changes his life forever. He's now a Christian, a born again Christian. And we have like 150 pages of this. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's to right. To sort through. So I, I yeah. broke the audiobook up into two segments. And there was one that seemed to be a very clear, like middle point. And I just finished the other half tonight. And uh, it's because the middle point was the Justin story. Yeah. They spent, she spent a lot of time on Justin. So he doesn't uh, even have a last name. Who is Justin? He wasn't even some famous philosopher. He was rich. He was, just, he was, he was the, just the Justin. Um, he was the Justin. Yeah. Okay. So let me recap. Uh, we are. Oh, reading. I just did. I just did. I'm talking about the whole podcast. Oh, okay. I'm not a fan of Justin because he took so many pages. <laughs> I got you. I understand. So uh, we are, <laughs> we are reading. The Origins of Satan. Some of us are enjoying it more than others. By Elaine Pagels, yes. I get that. Um, We are in chapter five. There are only one chapter left and a conclusion. So like one and a quarter chapters left after this. And then we're done with the book, okay? I'm sorry, Jeremy, did you have the time of your life reading this chapter? So I mowed a lot of the lawn. (laughs) <laughs> and uh and i walked the dogs and and mowing and the lawn while was, I was more there fun than reading uh, this chapter we, we we heard a lot about justin uh, i really have spread this out over like three weeks getting through this chapter it is it is the longest chapter in the book it is it is yeah it is very very long um and 
and so you were saying, hey, can we just like sum this up real quick? The answer is yes. Honestly, a lot of this material is not really stuff we really have to cover in an episode like this because. Right. Cool. Well, I just did. Yeah. We're done with did. Justin now. You did great. Um, we need to talk a little bit about uh, things to lead up to Justin, a couple of things, and then we'll talk quickly, recap the points you just said. And then we'll move on to some more interesting stuff. But just my favorite, my favorite character whose name I can't remember. <laughs> okay, we'll get there. I screwed up. Cephalus. Celsius. <laughs> Cephalopod. I don't know. <laughs> we'll get to Celsius. He'll be great. Celsius. Okay. Yes. All right. I liked him. I did like him. To me, this chapter, this chapter is called Satan's Earthly Kingdom, Christians Against Pagans. And man, is it Christians against pagans and pagans against Christians. It's, it's, it's the both. And I think, Jeremy, you yeah, there's no love lost there. No. Jeremy, <laughs> you uh, teed it up pretty well in the last episode uh, where um, it, the, the context is the pagans are the dominant religion. Very the much. Pagans, this is the way things are. Society is based on the values of this pagan religion and the way of life and here come these christians who are considered atheists because they don't worship the gods right um and that was kind of a big like wh wait what <laughs> <laughs> so this chapter for me is summed up into to two major categories uh or or topics one is that christianity divided the cosmos and the people into two polarized groups. So obviously all non-Christians and then the Christians. And so all the non-Christians have to deal with these buggy Christians over here and why they think everybody's in, there are two types of people. Right. Right. There are two types of people, Christians and non-Christians. That's really what it is. And and so the Christian point of view is that all non-Christians are slaves to the devil and his forces and doing the devil's bidding, whether they know it or not. And so that's the, and, yeah. and you're right. But I'm, I'm just going to jump in. Like that was an evolved context because mm -hmm. th that was a process that was brought up in the fact that Christians originally to the pagan world were those crazy Jews, right? Yeah. You had the Jews and they had the crazy Jews. And then the crazy Jews were like, no, 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 we're not Jews anymore. And they're like, what are you talking about? Because a lot of the people that were following the Christianity were now the Gentiles, which according to the Jews yeah. were the other nons. And, yeah. and so they were like, you know what, though? We don't like your rules. We don't like your laws. We don't like the way things are set up. We're going to do it this way in our way because we think that this is what makes sense. And everyone goes, that's crazy talk. You're going against your own nature. You're going against mm -hmm. all of nature. And they're like, no, you're going against nature. In fact, you're the devil nature. And all of you are slaves of the devil. And you're the devil over there. And it was just this like, suddenly they got really angry and really, really zealous. And you're like, what the hell just happened? And, and, they, and it really was this flip. It was just like this weird yeah. switch happened that they just got emotional and crazy. But to your point though, Jeremy, like the Christians are like, really throwing out the devil and, and accusing everybody, but they have kind of a good reason to. Let's step, step back for a second. So the first concept of the devil is that we were 
learning about in the, in the, in the gospels, in the previous sessions, it was really a Jewish internal, like it was an internal Jewish thing, right? So it was this sort of off splinter group of, uh, Judaism and the larger group of, um, Judaism was just not having this Jesus people. Yeah. They're like, no, he wasn't the Messiah. You guys are wrong. He was a dude. He was kind of annoying. He had had some things to say. And then the writers that we previously established, they're like, well, let me take the story of Jesus for yeah. my purposes. And, and so the people who were following Jesus, and so they come up with this defense mechanism of, Hey, we are the, we're the true Israelites. We're the true God's chosen people. If they rejected Jesus, then they're the ones that are working with the devil. And the gospel writers, as we saw pretty much said, you know, the enemies of Jesus are the allies of Satan, allies of the devil. Right. And it was this whole thing with, you know, and so the gospels are like, no, no, see, See how we've established that the devil was at work in all of these people to bring an end to Jesus because Jesus was such a threat to the devil's empire and what? Right. Well, now we flash forward a generation and there are more Gentile, more pagan converts to Christianity and Christianity is now, uh, Christianity is now less Jewish right? and coming from this pagan side of things well and to back up the jewish authorities and and everybody sort of conspired to squash these people i mean stoning death penalties the crucifixion the, the christians were not treated well uh in their budding infancy of a faith by by the jews by by non-jews sure you know? so yeah. But now I mean, we get into it in a couple of times and I, I am not going to play <laughs> devil's advocate so much here, except that those crazy uh, Christians were kind of terrorist level zealots. There were, there were a couple of times that it showed up where they Some. were, they were like, cause they were very much the, like you are agents of the devil. But there were other times, at least according to the writings that we, we saw in, in Elaine Pagel's book, like there were other, there were others that were just like, they're trying to do their thing and they were being hunted down. Like that's, that's mm -hmm. for sure. That was, that was yeah. the thing that definitely happened, but th there was right. Small enough group. They were mashed together. Like, like, like well, there, there are certainly d different groups uh, of Judaism that were extremist and radicalized and revolutionaries. Yeah. And some of them may also have been. Uh, you know, Jesus follower type groups, you know, right. But by and large, the, the gospel writers were, and, and that sort of lot were like, no, no, none of this really matters to us because the world's going to end real quick right. anyway. So yeah. Romans, you do, you will, we'll just don't fucking kill us. All right. Right. Exactly. Um, but the Romans, you know, uh, so flash forward a little bit now, Christianity's become a lot more pagan or, or has pagan converts. And now in this chapter, we really get to understand what the pagan society was, what, you know, uh, try to imagine what normal civilization and evolved, uh, society was like. It was 
based on these fundamentals of all these gods and that destiny and fate were interwoven into the fabric of reality. Uh, you know, it, w what I found was that what was kind of interesting is that, um, by the second centuries, so, you know, between 100 and 200, you know, CD and CE, the Romans and the philosophers really have kind of come around to this notion that the gods may be not literal gods, but they are expressions of forces that we find in nature. Right. And we can have relationships with those things that happen. Um, and then there's the daimones, uh, the, these invisible spirits or, uh, that can be helpful or hurtful or guiding or whatnot. Um, and they're just intrinsic in everything. Right. They're a part of nature itself. They, 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 mm -hmm. they are not the controllers of it, but they live within it. Yeah. Right. There's just this understanding like, Hey, just don't piss off the gods <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and everything's going to be great. And, and we'll honor this and work with that and, and society and so on. So Christianity comes around and says, like you said, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> Throws a total wrench in that. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Romans are rounding them up and throwing them into the arena to be eaten by lions. Yeah. Brutal torture and public execution and death. Yippee. I mean, because basically the idea, uh, and we'll get to this later when we talk about Celsus, we'll get to him, promise. He's the one that comes out and says, you know, really behind every Christian is a revolution. There's a rebellion. Right. And you got to, you got to quash that shit because they have that they've invented this shit. Anyway, we'll get to him in a second, but I've, I've been really kind of looking at this from they, so they polarize their experience, right? They polarize reality. Christians have polarized reality. We're Us good them, right? with God. Yep. And everybody who is not a follower of Jesus, not a Christian, are seduced by the devil, are agents of the devil. They're every, all of these other things are actually evil demons plotting and controlling and can actually control your mind. It's, it's so conspiracy yeah. theory, right? It's, it's like, yeah. I heard this someone say that the other Jews were uh, in control of the devil and in lieu of the devil to kill Christ, which must mean that everyone who is not a Christian mm -hmm. is controlled by the devil. That would make sense because I really hate Janice and Janice was a jerk to me last <laughs> week. It must have been the <laughs> devil that made her like, it's so sticking yeah. to the old ways. Yeah. Yeah. There's no middle ground. It's definitely <laughs> one end of the spectrum or the very other end of the spectrum. <laughs> There's no spectrum at all. Right. There's there's a line <laughs> and people are on one side of the line or they are on the other side That's of the right. line. That's right. It is so binary. Yeah. And it hey kid, you're either with us or you're against us, whether you know it or not. Yeah. And that really stuck out at me. Uh there's two things that come up here that actually still continue to happen today. First off, we do meet Justin. And Justin was a oh, person who was uh, trying to be a philosopher, right? Yep. And he studied all these different philosophies. He's trying to achieve a certain level of enlightenment and whatnot to be to 
to attain the divine on his own. That that's, I mean, and this is Greek philosophy. I mean, that, that there's so many different ways that the, the philosophers have come to try and figure out what all this means. But Justin sees this group of Christians led out into the arena and they are serene and calm in the face of being torn to bits. Right. Yeah. Not reacting at all. Totally. And he's like, what? <laughs> Christians Why? have this special power. <laughs> there must be something there. They've That's obtained right. enlightenment. I can see it. I want some of that. They sort of allude to this later on um, that this is kind of happening in the, the pagan world now where they're getting a little tired of this notion of destiny and fates and trying to figure out what's in store for them. Right. And yeah. how do they avoid it and that sort of thing? And so they, there's even a story how, uh, you know, one might go to the cult of Isis in, in Egypt and convert to Isis because she's a more powerful God than these other gods, hopefully. And maybe she could break the chain of this destiny bullshit. And, you know, so there's this kind of like, is there a stronger God out there we can go and have intervene on our behalf? And, and change the fates and that sort of thing. But he meets this old band that Emily is entirely excited about. <laughs> oh, I already told the story. We can just move right on past this. Yeah. And we'll save listeners like 300 pages of a book. That <laughs> this number keeps getting bigger. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> that is very redundant. It is pretty redundant. But yeah, no, he meets this old guy and the old guy's a Christian and Justin wants to be a philosopher. That's what he has decided he's going to devote his life to. And just That's this right. random person on the side of the road and they so, start talking and Justin's, Justin's no longer a philosopher anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me get into a little is. bit of that. On page 116, he... Okay says he already made great progress towards enlightenment, this is Justin, and expected to be able to raise his mind to apprehend the divine. But this old Christian he met walking by the sea challenged his basic philosophical premise, quote, is there then such a great power in our mind? Will the human mind ever see God through its own capacity? And this just pulls the rug out from under Justin and the whole, uh, this concept and this, my God, this, this whole very premise that the human mind cannot comprehend the divine. It is not new at this point, yeah. but it carries forth so hard in Christianity. Oh yeah. So that we, we cannot, we cannot get there on our own. I mean, that's a very, very Lutheran tenet. You know, you must have God's intervention in order to achieve salvation. Right. And so, yeah. So now Justin goes through this, oh, well, uh, Christianity, this is way better than what I was going to do and the hop blah, blah, blah. But get this. This is what jumped out at me. Before the old man left him, Justin says he admonished the young man to, so this old man tells Justin, pray that above all things, the gates of light may be open to you. For these things cannot be perceived and understood by everyone, but only by the person to whom God and his Christ have given wisdom. 
This is the same bullshit missionaries toss out all the time. Yep. Even today, Mm -hmm. if you believe hard enough, if you pray hard enough, pray that this truth comes to you, that you realize it. And if uh, it doesn't come to you, you just haven't. You didn't try hard given enough. Given it your all. You're, you're not Christian enough. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Nope, you're not. You're not worthy. You're not deserving because you haven't, you haven't prayed hard enough yeah. or believed hard enough or opened your mind or your heart big enough. It, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? And it's mm-hmm. kind of this, I don't know. I mean, I would call it a brainwashing technique. Uh-huh. I would call it control. Um, yeah. It's a, I'd call it manipulation. Yeah. But it's a it's a very seductive one too, though, because you want to achieve the yeah, thing. Yeah, look right? at look at this this, you know, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I want that. That's that's mm-hmm. something that looks amazing. I I that's for me. And really what this means is in my brain, in my in my thought process these days is it's self-manifestation. It's it's the self-fulfilling prophecy. It's true because you believe it to be true. Mm-hmm. And it becomes real to you. It can be as real as you want it to be. And, you know, the, the, the power of the mind can be extremely, extremely powerful enough to create this new perception of reality. And I just, I was, I was, hit me hard thinking, you know, in the, when I was growing up, and then and the missionaries would come to the doorstep, right? We'd get really uh, two kinds of missionaries that would visit our uh, our house. One would be uh, the LDS, mm-hmm. and they would say, you know, pray, ask God that the uh, the Book of Mormon is true. See for yourself, you know, pray, read it and pray to God if Book of Mormon is true. It's the same precept right there. Jehovah's Witnesses were the other ones, and and they had a very similar proposal and again it's like well the answer is not what this missionary wants to hear (laughs) (laughs) hey so i tried the thing didn't work well uh, well try try again (laughs) it's astonishing to me i think that that particular do i call it a tactic it's weird because i know at the heart what missionaries are doing is they're spreading what they consider to be their truth and yeah. trying to let people know and educate them on what they assume they don't already know, right? Let them know that like, hey, you are probably unaware that this is what's real and uh, this is going to be important for you. It's changed my life. It will change your life. Yeah. But right. I, I don't fault them for that. That's that's like a really nice intention. Right. To I. I care about you as as a fellow human being, and this was great for me, and I want you to have this too. But then I think it I think it comes from a space of goodness in their heart. Definitely. However, and I think this is where Jeremy's going with this. Yeah, it turns into sales. Yeah. It's a sales pitch. Right. It's 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 a capitalistic style sales pitch. And it's not about the like, hey, I just wanted to let you know this. I hope it works out for you. It turns into the like. Hey, let me know, let you know about this. And also come here with this thing and get this thing from me. And, and, and like, it just starts turning into this inspiration of check these new things and try this other stuff out that gets really daunting because now it's not a yeah. conversation anymore. Now it, now you're selling. Yeah. 
or yeah, telling that's me a I'm very, wrong. very good point. Yeah, it it is a sales pitch. You're right. I guess the thing that what I was going to say, is, what is astonishing to me is that we are talking circa 140. Yeah. CE. Yep. Wow. I was going to bring that up uh, later on too in, yeah. in the other part of the book. And Same exact conversations that still happen today were happening yep. with uh, Celsius and Origin. And, and, yes. and like, and like I was, I was listening to it. I was like, oh my God, it's never going to end. This is oh. always how we've been talking to each other. Like, oh my yep. God, it was depressing yeah. and relieving at the same time. Like, oh, we're never going to win this check. This yeah. is a human condition thing. Yeah, I could see that. So, you know, Justin does the thing. He prays. He said, yeah, okay, I'll become a Christian. And then they, on page 118, they talk about, they talk through this sort of initiation process, right? And so I'll just read it on 118. First, the celebrant would demand to know whether Justin, so the celebrant would be this old man or, you know, person who is initiating him, would demand to know whether Justin was willing to renounce the devil and all his pomp and his angels. Justin would ritually declare three times, I renounce them. Then Justin would descend naked into the river, immersing himself to signify death to the old self and washing away of sins. Let's back up to this thing. Hang on, though. <laughs> He's asked whether he is willing to renounce, quote, renounce the devil and all his pomp and his angels. And then he is then ritually responds three times, I renounce them. Yep. This is still happening today. This uh -huh. is in the rite of baptism. Yep. And this, I dug yeah. it out. Uh, this is out of the, uh, the current red Lutheran book of service. And in the profession of faith during baptism, it says, uh, I ask you to profess your faith in Christ Jesus, reject sin and confess the faith of the church. By the way, this is probably very, very similar to Catholicism too. So those of you who are from Catholic based denominations that you're all this is all going to sound similar um and so here are the questions do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy god i renounce them. do you renounce the powers of this world that rebel against god that's loaded <laughs> I renounce them. do you renounce the ways of sin that draw you from god i renounce them I've never paid attention to this very, very closely until now, until what I was reading in this. And that is this term renounce. The term renounce means that you were previously part of the things that you were renouncing from. Right? Right. Now, it is yeah. long-term Christian tradition that we are all... uh baked in with sin right? it's, and that we have to ask God for that sort of olive branch or we can't, we can't free ourselves from sin and, and that sort of thing. Right. Do, blah, blah, blah. We can get into that. But really what this means is, let's phrase it a different way. Do you promise to stop claiming to be with the devil and the forces that defy God? <laughs> Do you promise to stop participating in a world that rebels against God? 
Yeah. Wait, was I? These are loaded questions. <laughs> I mean, it's that term renounce. It just, you are already participating in this and we are asking you to give it up. Right. Exactly. So it, it, it implies heavily that you are already a part of it, that you already have it. And some of this I could, you know, I could let go. Like the last one, you know, with the whole the sin and that sort of thing. We can philosophically talk about that quite a bit. Well, it makes sense because only baptized Christians are getting into heaven. Sure. Right. right? You know, according so to this old. If, yeah. Right. And this is, this is the, this is the sacrament of baptism. And so right. if, if that's, that's the purpose of this, if yeah. you, you have yeah. to renounce this, that's the point of baptism so that you, then are are worthy to right to, but it's to not deny heaven. it's not reject right it's renounce mm -hmm. and maybe i'm splitting hairs here but i think the difference between reject and renounce is pretty staggering so what you're saying is are you saying that, that you're acknowledging that you have already and always been a part of the devil's world and doing the devil's acts and now you are turning away from those acts that you once you're were giving doing, it up and you're giving yeah. it up, renouncing it to become a Christian now. Yeah. Versus. So, well, no, to become a baptized Christian. Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. So this is no longer a Christians versus others. Now this seems to be a baptized well, person versus a non-baptized. I think at this point in history that we're talking about, we are still talking about if you're baptized, you're Christian. If. If you're, if baptized, you're, you're baptized. not baptized, you're going to be a Christian soon. It's just when part you're of baptized. that process. Yeah. The point that I'm like putting my finger on and going, hey, let's call this out is this whole term renounce. And, and it makes sense in the context of where it's presented, which is that, again, if all non-Christians are agents and participations of the devil, whether they know it or not, then renouncing it is saying, oh yes, I was a part of that. I was enthralled by the devil. I was uh, enslaved by the devil's machinations. And now I willingly give myself away from that. I give that up and I'm turning to this. Yeah. Because that's the worldview that the Christianity has split that down the center saying, hey, if you're not following God, in Christ and Jesus, then you are part of this devil's working, right? The, de the, the devil's world and the devil's power, and principalities and, and society. The, if there's one thing that I would, I would change, I would offer as a theological thought to the church people would be, how much do you really need the, to use the word renounce anymore these days? would reject be, you know, how would that change things? Yeah. Not a topic think, for us to solve, but. I think most people think those two terms are interchangeable. I don't think they think about it that much. I think you're right. I think that's absolutely 100% right on. It's just in the context of where we're digging all this oh, up. For I'm sure. like, oh, yeah. wow. I never thought of it that way. And mm -hmm. now that kind of bugs me. <laughs> 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 so is one of the reasons we have so much detailed story about Justin is the fact that he had writings that he wrote this 
I mean, anytime that we have a written record, that's material that a story can go on, right? Okay. Cause um, it, I mean, and try and, and, and pry out the point that they want to make. Because I was just listening to it all. I didn't check for sources or, or where all this information mm-hmm. came from, but it was, I, I was clear on the, we're not, obviously we're not in the gospels anymore. So we're not following new Testament level study. Yeah. So who the hell are these people? Right. Like where the <laughs> hell did this guy come from? And why do we have so much detail about his particular Thank journey? Thank you. 850 pages. <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> I don't even know who this person is. Well, if you don't know by now, you know. <laughs> His name is Justin. He was a philosopher. He was a we got philosopher a lot. Until he of... met a Christian, and then he was a Christian. Yeah. And then he was executed. Well. Later. Spoiler alert. But yes. <laughs> and he's he's faced it. He, he, he wrote a lot. He, we learn a lot about early Christian uh, life from his writings, you know, so that's, that's why that would be, uh, important. It's also, um, I'm wondering, cause she spends a little bit of time on this about daimones, which, you know, gets crystallized in the Christian t- tradition as demons, as evil demons. Yeah. So that, you know, there are certainly maybe bad daimones, but most daimones in the, in the classical world were not were ambivalent they were neither good nor bad they could do could go either way uh they could be helpful or unhelpful um but because they are not of the christian worldview then they are literal demons and everything is now demons and it's this massive supernatural army of demons all over the place right so if you're confused about that, I've attached, I've, I've linked this video before, but in the show comments, um, below in the description, um, there's a link to religion for breakfast. There's the history of demons and it's kind of daimones versus demon. And where does that all come from? It's a pretty helpful topic that clarifies that. I think that's, I think we're done with Justin. I mean, I think, I think the, the one thing I would want to, uh, kind of touch on real quick is like. Why the hell does that matter for the podcast? What what was the Justin deal with the, the Satan? It was is it just the fact that because of Justin's experience, there was that uh, the the thought that the demons are all over the world, right? That that the huge expression of, of them being all out there, or was the devil and was Satan really factored in? Yeah, to part of either his own teachings or his own experience or discovery. Well, I think it's definitely uh, a huge part of where we get the understanding, the Christian understanding and the worldview that we've been talking about so far. Right. Is, you know, because again, you said it, like we have a lot of these writings. And so, you know, we have this documentation of the perspective, what the, what the, Christian worldview was on the pagan worldview. Um, you know, I'm looking at page 124 and Justin is, uh, addressing an open letter of protest to different rulers, you know, the emperor Antoninus Pius and his two sons, the stoic prince Marcus Aurelius, who he calls the truest philosopher and 
Lucius the philosopher, appealing to them as fellow philosophers, hoping, he says, to open their eyes. Um, and, but he sort of publicly identifies himself as, uh, I don't know that he names himself a Christian, but he definitely puts a target on his back and, uh, you know, sort of goes on and says, he says, quote, even now, Justin warns the rulers of the Roman world, quote, these demons seek to keep you as their slaves by preventing you from understanding what we say. Uh, And so their irrational public hatred of Christians proves, Justin says, that their minds have been captured by the same evil spirits who incited the Athenians to kill to kill Socrates. Mm-hmm. For now, the same reason these spirits are driven them to kill Christians. Because uh, they're coming for you. I don't know. That's, okay. Well, it, it also, what it also does is it sort of helps paint, because now, now all of the the gods the pagan gods are demons right right in the christian perspective what does that do how does that inform how we visualize the devil and demons and so oh my god you you start looking at the representations of the gods and you start seeing you know aries uh or not aries uh hermes has wings on the feet, right? Right. Yep. Wings on the feet. So there are medieval depictions of the devil having wings on his feet. Pan is basically the horned devil that we get. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The half satyr. Goatman. Yep. Absolutely. And Pan is fertility, sex, having fun, music. uh, (laughs) all the good things in life but now all of that we used to understand it in this way in in the pagan context but now that's that's evil that's the devil um and uh and so in the jeffrey burton russell book um the devil that we've kind of gone over in season one Mm -hmm. pretty heavily one of the chapters that we didn't quite get to was the concepts of evil in the classical world and a lot of that chapter is how the different representations of the gods became what we associate with the devil today. Yeah, wow. And, um, yeah. But there's no Justin in it. But there's, yeah, <laughs> we didn't talk about Justin in that book. We're going to skip over Tatian. Because why not? You, I mean, read the chapter. Now we get into lots of random people. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a lot there but so the second concept the second half of really what i kind of felt like this was driving at was again roman paganism was the dominant religion and the basis for society christianity then comes along and to the romans uh, to the pagans threatened the security of civilization um what they offer what they promise uh, threatens, you know, anarchy and the wrath of the gods for the Christians' atheism, non-belief of the gods. And so we have this sort of fear or threat, because that's where violence and this, all this terribleness comes from, right? Is, is through insecurity and fear. Right, for sure. 
And if you're in power and have something to do about that, then you can nip that in the bud that you don't, because you're trying to protect what is established. Romans were very good about squashing rebellion as we've seen yeah. in, in these episodes. Uh, so Christianity now being paganized, or rather maybe the other way around, there's this sort of disconnect of like, wait, you were one of us. You understood how the cosmos works here. What can Christianity possibly offer? Why would you turn against the values of family and state and the natural order of things? Yeah. And, and like, why would you turn against your family? But one thing is true that has been the case for millennia is this conflict between fate and destiny and free will. Right. And fate and destiny is just intertwined with the classical thought. But so it is with Christianity. It's just very interesting to me that uh, Christianity in, in here, we learn, breaks the bonds of destiny and fate. And, you know, only God is in control and, and that sort of thing. Like, well, well hang on. God is in control and you are not. How is that different? <laughs> yeah. You know, fate and destiny, apparently, they, they, she talks about uh, uh, the Christians claimed uh, were invented by the demons and evil demons. Right. Yeah. They're the ones that, that are, are ch again, trying to control you and control everything. And so they invent the idea of you only have to be in this one direction. But yeah. that's when, right? That's that's the where origin of Celsus come into play. Yeah, because Celsus kind of lays some things down around origin. So origin, origin is this kid who saw his father executed for being a Christian, and origin then grows up to you know as a Christian. Both both his parents were Christian. And so he grows up with this almost crusade idea um, that tyrants, uh, he goes on to even be so bold to say that we have a moral obligation to execute tyrants. Right. To assassinate them. Mm -hmm. You know? And, yeah. And, and like, and that is, that is a very Christian thing to do. If you see someone acting in tyranny, then it is your responsibility to take them down. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the way you crossed the line there yeah and with origin origin really as he gets more renowned he gets kind of threatened in this whole he, he could have been executed a lot sooner but what's very interesting is in that in this part of the chapter we see the revolving chair of the emperor's throne right <laughs> yeah um, Assassin you know, after assassin after assassin, making new emperors. And just how fast that went and what that meant for Christians and the persecution of Christians. Sometimes they got, you know, they were left alone. And sometimes they were hunted real hard. Yeah. So it says on uh, here on page 138, Origen knew that pagan opposition to Christianity was often based more on superstition and prejudice. Years before his arrest, 
Origen had read a tract called The True Word, which charged that Christian atheism masked a rebellion against everything society and government held. Um, and the person who wrote that tract was Celsus. And it was only a few years before his arrest, uh, Origen had decided to, to respond to these charges. And, uh, and so Celsus was the one who wrote this tract around 180 CE. And he was a religiously inclined Platonic philosopher, very Greek, and charged that the cult of Christians is a secret society whose members hide together in quarters for fear of being brought to trial and punish. I mean, yeah. Right? right? You're not wrong. <laughs> he gets uh, it. <laughs> but he says, citing the refusal of the magistrate's orders to sacrifice to the gods, Celsus says that if everyone adopted the Christian's attitude, there would be no rule of law. It would be chaos. Celsus lived at a time when Christian movement was growing rapidly, especially among the illiterate. He writes that Christians' refusal to obey certain laws and to cooperate with local or imperial officials threatens to destroy legitimate authority. I mean, it's re basically, he go, uh, he's talking about, you know, you're, these Christians are, are secret anarchists trying to overthrow our, our livelihood. And right. so Origen goes out there to refute that, but he doesn't do it right. quite too doesn't well. doesn't exactly refute it. Because he does kind of, he stops short of basically saying that the Roman law is of the devil. Right. <laughs> but he, he does, you know, Origen gives the Pax Romana, the, the Roman way of life, the Roman peace, some credit that it, you know, kept things going while Jesus was alive and that there were some very, very good things there. Um, but uh, Origen goes on to say, whoever considers empirical evidence will have to admit, he says, that the spread of Christianity, although unanimously opposed by human authorities, governmental and military, proves that some enormous, previously unknown power is now at work in the world. So Origins is saying, it's out there. You guys are seeing it. You didn't see it before. Get right. We're here there. Celsus comes back swinging, though, and I have to give him some credit. <laughs> I um, wonder if you're about to read like my favorite uh, part. I'm confident I, it's I'm, probably my favorite part because I remember listening to it. I was getting mowing, mowing that lawn. I was like, no, I believe this now. <laughs> this is, this sounds about right to me. Yeah. You got yeah. It. <laughs> I think I got it here. We've seen that Christians did teach converts not only that the bonds of family, society, and nation are not sacred, but that they are diabolic encumbrances designed to enslave people to the Roman customs, and that is, to the demons. What makes the Christian's message dangerous, Celsus writes, is not that they believe in one God, but that they deviate from monotheism by their blasphemous, blasphemous belief in the devil. For all the impious errors the Christians commit, Celsus says, they show their greatest in ignorance in making up a being opposed to God and calling him the devil, or as in the Hebrew language, Satan. Olsa's ideas, Celsus declares, are nothing but human inventions, sacrilegious, even to repeat, it is blasphemy to say that the greatest God has an adversary who constrains his capacity to do good. <laughs> 
Yeah. Celsus is outraged that Christians who claim to worship one God impiously divide the kingdom of God, creating a rebellion in it as if it were opposing factions within the divine, including one that is hostile to God. Um, so right, which was it, its own, like, wait a minute, God creates something that's against God. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. accuses Christians of inventing a rebellion <laughs> in heaven to justify a rebellion on earth. Bam. <laughs> yeah, that was huge. And it, 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 that was the section I was thinking of. Was that the one you had, Emily? Was that your favorite moment? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. And, but then the, the snarky one where he's like, how can Christians even eat any food? Or oh, do, yeah. Oh, Let me read that one. From, yeah. yeah. That's good. <laughs> this, I, I laughed out loud at that part. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> For in saying this, they're really projecting their own feelings onto God. Yeah. Uh, like this guy. So it says ridicules Paul's warning that Christians must not eat food offered to the gods lest they participate in communion with daimones. First Corinthians 10, 20 through 22. Since daimones are the forces that energize all natural processes, Celsus argues, Christians really cannot eat anything at all. <laughs> or even survive without participating in a communion with daimones. So it says, declares, whenever they eat bread or drink wine or touch fruit, do they not receive these things as well as the water they drink and the air they breathe from certain various elements of nature? Therefore, he adds, we must not, we, we must either not live and indeed not come into this life at all, or we must do on, do so on condition that we give things and offerings and prayers to daimones who have been set over the administration of the universe. And must do so as long as we live so that they may well be disposed towards us. That's where he gets that sort of ancient old religion part of things. But yeah, I love his point of like, you're rejecting the very thing that is intrinsic to all of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which got a bit salty there and I was, I was there for it. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I think it really... To the conversation we were having earlier, I think it really encapsulates kind of a big part of what the pagans were freaking out about, right? They were, the whole thing we started with was that they were upset about the fact that there was just this crazy atheism in these Christians. And he's like, he's really bringing it up and like, look, you're saying that it's all this one thing and you're rejecting all of the nature that we see that that's causing this to happen and be this thing. And you're telling us that, by the way, all of the nature that we are evolved and created with is evil in the sa at the same time? Like, you're not making any sense here. Yeah. Like, whoever you're trying to convince, it's not working. <laughs> exactly. Except that it did. <laughs> it did. Well, yeah. <laughs> Can't we argue stuck with around that. long enough. Yeah. You know, the, so the cults of Christianity, you know, at this point, I mean, they've been on the run persecuted violently by one larger group or another, be it the Jews or the Romans, um, tortured, often public death. But the Christian message offers hope to the persecuted. The Christians see that from the Gospels, Satan was at work to destroy Jesus. So also is the devil at work in all of the dominant authorities that work to kill Christians. Um, again, making the 
us versus them violently clear. Yeah. But when it's finally the Christian's turn for being the dominant religion and basis for society, (laughs) as we shall see, and as you can remember, they escalate this to a whole new level. And uh, in this next episode, we're going to explore how the Christians turn on themselves. Oh, man. To find the devil. Or in chapter six, the enemy within demonizing the heretics. The heretics! Oh, man. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to make it through, Emily. I promise. <laughs> we're this, almost this, there. Th- this next chapter is just going to piss me off. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to have a lot of that. This has been The Devil You Don't Know. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash thedevilpodcast. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all for listening. And remember, the devil you don't know is the devil someone else does. Until next time.